You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me online today is... Hexadesi. <laughs> Hexadesi, man. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. Third time lucky. <laughs> Third time lucky. Yeah, well, you know, that's always the best way, isn't it? You know, third time. Um, we won't we talk about the weather, but uh, we'll probably talk about music a bit, okay? So, Kid Spatula, first tune on your lineup. Kid Spatula, Hard Love. What can you tell me about this tune? Well, it's released around 2000 by an artist called Mike Paradinas, who also goes by the name of Music. As far as I'm concerned, he's not only old school, but he kind of built the school in terms of breakcore. Prime example that I'd show to anyone who is interested in what breakcore is, but has never really listened to it before. It's got a bit of everything going on this one, hasn't it? Yeah, well that's the thing, it's just it's just so fast and spontaneous and heavy and, it, and it's got the, the melodies in it as well, like the old school organ sounds. It's just like, ticks all the boxes as far as I'm concerned. What, what year was this? Do you remember? Or do you know what year this was? Around about 2000, 99, 2000. So real old school then, to me. I think Breakcore's like late 90s really, isn't it? Great cause is definitely in its early days and definitely, I think, still evolving. And I think this track is sort of plays a key part of like breakcore history. When did you get into breakcore? Were you into breakcore in the 2000s? Probably mid to late 2000s, about 2006, 2007, discovering artists. I, I didn't know about this artist for a couple of years, like, but um, I, my background as a musician is drums. Uh, I used to play in like grindcore metal bands. It was very much my thing, like fast, spontaneous music with a lot of changes. and uh, like different time signatures and so when I discovered Breakcore it very much appealed to me on that level. So you're playing drums, how do you go from playing drums to being into Breakcore though? That seems like a big jump, I mean normally people listen to drums, you know, maybe listen to drum and bass, jungle, you know, some mediocre rave, like straight into Breakcore that sounds like a big jump. <laughs> well, obviously, I knew about other stuff, but when I first started to delve into electronic music that was... That was a big game changer for me. So I was dabbling with electronic music throughout my teens and produced under different aliases, um, just like chip tune projects and stuff like that. From there, when I first started Hexadesi, this sort of thing was like really inspiring to me. This tune came out on Planet Muse, quite a legendary label as well, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the guy that made this track is the owner of Planet Muse, the founder of Planet Muse. Ah, I didn't know that. What's, what's his name? That's Mike Paradinus, right? Mike, Mike Paradinus, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually met him before as well. A little, little claim to fame. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's a, a top, top bloke. Top bloke. <laughs> Also known as Music, uh, amongst other names, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and also, uh, you know, Lunatic Harness, like, 
very nearly made it onto my list. But I, I went for this track instead because the, when I first heard this track, it just blew me away. And I think that was, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I like the Gabba drums on that as well. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's wicked. I think it's just like use so many different kicks, like bringing in different bass and yeah, it's just just the drops in it. Just like yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that track. <laughs> Tyler despise it's one of the for the first time I'd seen breakcore done on an Amiga and, and this this was produced on the Amiga um, on the same software that I use Optimed but like an earlier version and the, the first time I discovered this track was the, there was a YouTube video that he'd uploaded in the early days of YouTube like literally when YouTube first started up and I was just sort of learning how to use Optimed at the time but the, this this was next level, and I, I was just completely astonished at what was going on. It was just like there was just like numbers and commands just flying off the screen, and just like had no idea. I couldn't begin to understand how it was how it was all working. <laughs> Something really fucking cool. Check this out, one. Now this part of the track that he actually slows it right down. 
you could see how how the track is constructed and how everything's pieced together. All the like glitches, the re-triggers, and that that gritty sort of layered pulse width modulation bass over the top, and just like everything, just I don't know. When I discovered this, I was just like, right, fuck it. I I need to I need to have a go at making Breaker on the Amiga because the the sound is just awesome. Like I'd made a couple of tracks prior, like using Octomed on the PC, and I don't know. It just wasn't the same. That the sound was like the sound was too clean for me it was like i don't know i wanted something that was like gritty like this to begin with so if you make music on a game boy that's chip tune right and if you're making music on a computer like a mac or whatever that's not chip tune where do amigas come in are they chip tune or are they not amigas are a bit of a gray area a lot of people consider them chip tune but I mean, the, the sound chip in it is a four-channel DAC, essentially. So its primary function is to output samples, to play sample playback. So although like there was a lot of trackers that use like software synthesizers, like very basic software synths, so it was it was like chip tune essentially. Yeah, it's it's I I find it's really difficult subject to talk about like whether or not it's chip tune. That's why I went straight in for it, mate. Because like you know you got you got two amigos, you're making stuff. Uh, I say if anyone's going to comment on it, it's going to be you, right? <laughs> Magic. Oh, I'll have a peep, lady, if you're willing. Come, you shall look and see what you make. Yeah, I, I don't fully understand what I'm doing or why I do it anymore. <laughs> I just, just been doing it for quite a while now, so. But I've, I've not run out of ideas and things to do with it, so so for me that's that's important. I kind of need to keep going with the project. Hexadesi, then I'm guessing that relates to Ottomed and the Amiga, right? Yeah, when I was trying to come up with a name for the project, I was looking at the screen on, on an earlier version of Octomed, and there were these two buttons at the top that said Hex and Des, like H-E-X-D-E-C. And I was like, my first idea was to use that, and then I thought Hex Des doesn't have a good ring to it, but Hexadesi, yeah, okay, that works. So, so yeah, and I kind of just stuck with the name ever since. Hexadesi, short for hexadecimal, right, which is base 16 number notation, right, which goes from 0 to 9, and then it goes A, B, C, D, E, F. So, reminds me a bit about triple times F, right? Triple times F, probably know, took that name triple times F, because that's the fastest speed in Octomed. Yeah, and it's, I use the command triple F to uh, mute channels, so, so you can stop uh, sample playback, like, instantly. And it's, and it's really useful for just uh, muting drum sounds um, within a breakbeat sequence and, and really, really cut the, cut the rhythm up like quite rapidly. It's nice and sharp and punchy. Yeah. <laughs> and also F, FFE, um, which stops the tracker playing. 
Ah, oh, there you go. FFP. Maybe that should be someone's new radius. Stop the tracker. FFP. True. <laughs> double FFP. Who is this imposter? <laughs> Now we're listening to Wisp Tune Elf Magic. Wisp Elf Magic. Why'd you pick this one out? Because it's just magical. I wanted to play something by Wisp, but it was quite difficult for me to figure out what I was going to play because he's one of my favourite artists. I chose this track because I've always come back to it and it's just, it's fun, you know, it's, and I think that's, uh, that's a good reminder for anyone producing great chorus just to remember, have fun with the music absolutely couldn't agree with you more I mean having fun how it makes you feel it's got to be one of the most important things right yeah I think we can take things a bit too seriously after a while so do you wish to see elf magic magic. I'll have a peep lady if you're willing willing. Come, come you shall look and see what you make I'll be doing listening to this it's just too mellow <laughs> this is like go to sleep music uh, well wait for the rhythm it's a bit more all right okay all right so what are we listening to this is gate zero uh white sand part two mm. it's a remix of white sand by an artist called self oscillate um it, it actually features on on an album uh from gate zero which I bought when I was 15, 16. It was it was basically it was one of the one of the first sort of electronica IDM albums I ever bought. <laughs> one of the first CDs I ever bought. This track is my favourite on the album, and um, I always come back to it every now and then. It's I never get bored of it. It's mellow, but there's there's a lot going on with the rhythms, and it's it's very intricate and very clever how it's pieced together. So just have a look here, the Gate Zero Black Dust CD that came out, there's only 500 of them made, so that's probably a bit of a collector's item, perhaps. Uh, yeah, mine's probably scratched to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's in a box down here somewhere. I mean, it was like, when I first got my driving license and got my first car, it was like the first CD I'd put in. So, I, I mean, it's, it's been thrown around a few times. Which I feel really bad for now. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> uh, we're selling them on Discogs for 10 euros, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's, that's not so bad. I do really wish it was on vinyl. Um, I don't think I don't think it ever got released to vinyl. I'd love I'd love a copy of it on vinyl. <laughs> Reminds me of Apex Twin, that sort of donkey rhubarb type of tune. You know, it's just complex without being aggy and uh, aggressive you know 
Yeah, exactly. There's no particular element in the the track that's not overpowering. It just it somehow just all works and bolts around each other. Just like I don't know. It's just it's just such a colourful piece of music. Actually, going back to Wisp, I mean, a lot of these artists as well that, you know, you go over, it's all very at home, bang face type of music. Um, I think it's all Wisp at bang face in 2017, something like that. Good, good artist to see live, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he was wicked. I didn't see him in 2017, but I, I saw him earlier than that. I think maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah, one of the early bang faces. Yeah. I, I, I think it was when it was in Cornwall, but um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> 2012 was when Apex played as well. A real FOMO, real FOMO about that. <laughs> yeah, Camper Sands, I remember, because my friends come back, their, their ears were ringing, but I bought these earplugs, the Alpine ones with the, the little holes in the middle, so you could hear the full quality of the sound, but it was just a lot more manageable. <laughs> All my friends, their ears were ringing, and I was just like, yeah, this, this was definitely a good buy. <laughs> This track is by an artist called Lee Sign, and um, well, I first discovered him about 10 years ago. But I've been listening to him a lot more lately um, and sort of going through his, his back catalogue. I find the music 
really colourful and just like there's so much going on. The, the stuff he does with his rhythms and the offbeats with the, the bass line and the, just every single element and how it's pieced together like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's just very clever how it's been produced. He released some stuff with a label called Ghostly International, which is what I first sort of discovered what sort of stuff he was doing and then went on from there. But he's been producing since the sort of mid-90s, I guess sort of trip-hop sort of stuff, or click-hop, as some people call it. So it's kind of like a, a crossover of IDM and hip-hop, you know, like it's... But he did a lot of ca- collaborations with like musicians and uh, vocalists. I mean, this particular track, he did a collaboration with a vocalist. I just love uh, the narrative as well, the, the lyrics. It's about time sort of starting and stopping and kind of about like how time waits for nobody. And the, all the, the sounds sort of play along with it, like in the chorus. And there's this like, these sounds that just like sort of slowing down and speeding up like an old sort of reel to reel tape machine. And I just, I just love that, how it all works together. Guys from Texas. Yeah, Texan. <laughs> yeah, just having a quick look on Discogs there. Ghostly International, quite a big label. Never heard of it before, but like 600 releases from 2000 up to 2020. A lot to dig into. Goodness me, it's a, it's just a never-ending rabbit hole, isn't it, music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, there's more mellow stuff. <laughs> well, it's just what I need. I've, got, I've had my cup of tea. I've had my cup of tea. I'm in a very, you know, I finished work. Have a chat with you, have a cup of tea. Man, yeah, it's just what you need, isn't it? Oh, I've got beer right now. I've selected. I think this is like the oldest track in my list. So this is Cortezin by Plaid from an album called Not For Freeze, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah, it came out on War Records in uh, 1997. 1997, yeah. It's such a brilliant album. And they also did lots of collaborations. They did a collaboration with Bjork in the album as well, if I remember rightly. I, I think this is my favorite track of the album. I love how there's like a, it's like a pig, the sound of a pig that's just like been time stretched and walked around the rhythm. Like, and 
it's it's such a bizarre sound but like it works it's, a, it's just amazing how they got it to work i just like all the sort of mellow guitar sounds with like the that sort of delayed reverse echo sort of effect there's a lot going on it's not just just a down tempo chill out track there's there's a lot to hear in it there's a lot to listen to a lot to see in the in this the sort of structure of it yeah these two guys um been making music since 1991 so it's quite a quite an epic history there 31 31 years oh my god it sounds so old saying 31 years <laughs> I, I actually seen them live actually in uh, in bristol a few years ago Oh, it was brilliant. Everyone lives in Bristol, don't they? I live in Bristol, yeah, uh, currently. <laughs> everyone, everyone lives in Bristol. I don't see anyone, though, so... <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I always bump into people um, at, like, parties or festivals, and, and I'm like, oh, where you live in Bristol? Like, how long have you been living there? Like, <laughs> I don't see you. <laughs> you know? Where do you live? Just around the corner from you. Right, yeah. Yeah. I was just on the street. I was like, I'd never see you. <laughs> Living in Bristol is a bit overrated, if you ask me. Like. Amigas, you're playing live on Amigas, you played Bang Face 2020 with an Amiga under each of your arm and bringing that in and setting that all up. That must have been one hell of a stress to actually get all that gear in there and set it up, right? Um, it actually went surprisingly smoothly. I did a gig um, in April this year which did not go smoothly. Things are starting to go wrong with some of the older hardware that I'm using. Not the Amiga, but got like an old rack effects unit which tends to crash every now and then and you have to unplug it and plug it back in again and then i got this uh, synth module which which just decided to stop working on that night and it was it was extremely stressful 
I'm not to the point where I'm going to give in and start doing everything on a laptop, though. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I don't know, you see some people doing some cool stuff with, like, you know, the, the pads and buttons and stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's there's a lot of talent with doing that, and but, but I don't know, it's just not my style. It's just not my thing. I'm all about just like trying to push push the hardware that I'm using to the to the limits to 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 its boundaries and just seeing where I can take the sound. I think sometimes when you're doing a gig as well, having a bit of chaos is good because it makes it a bit more lively, a bit more exciting, right? A bit more dangerous. You don't know what's going to happen, and you know. And people like to see something different, don't they? Like yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, I think when I went to Bangface that year, I hadn't heard of you before, all due respect. Um, someone said, oh yeah, Hex Desi, you need to check him out. He brings, he plays off of Amigas. Actually, I think it may have been Captain Raveman that told me about that, because I know he's a big fan of the Amiga as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Um, so yeah, that, I was there to check you out, man, so, you know. This track is Jager. It's a track called Hydrodynamic, and it's from Variance Volume 2, which was a two-part sort of CD release, which I, I mean, it's on vinyl as well, but I, I own it on CD when it first got released. It just blows me away every time I hear it. How it just goes from this sort of like build-off of just sort of like atmospheric, almost angelic sounds, and then it's just, completely plunges into insanity and darkness. When I'm looking at your artists up on Discogs and Jager's no exception, it tells me what their first computer was. Jager's first computer was a Sinclair ZX Spectrum. Uh, another one of your artists was the first computer was a VIC-20. It's like, <laughs> everyone's, it's all your music off Planet U and it's all your music people who've got like really old computers. Well, so far, I mean, Jager and Kid Spatula or only Planet Mew artists that I've listed. I don't think I have any more. There's only two here that... Oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm putting, do you know what? I don't want to get killed for this for saying this, but I always put Warp and Planet Mew in the same compartment in my head as the same thing. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well, J Jager also um, released a lot of stuff on uh, Scam Records, which is run by Orteca. I mean, if... In this track, if the like well-calculated rhythms like just weren't enough, like the outro is just insane. Uh, it's almost like they've taken like this this rhythm sound and they keep processing it, and then it gets spat out and regurgitated into itself.
is this going? <laughs> it just keeps going. It keeps going until... The sound is just no longer identifiable. It just becomes this raw, mutant form, like... It's, it's the most wicked outro to a track ever, like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? No, that's pretty cool, man, it's pretty cool, I like it, I like it. <laughs> so, um, you're pronouncing all the names of these ones, and I'm definitely going to leave this one to you. What's this? Oh, uh, this is Otaka. Oh, Otaka, that's how you pronounce it, right. Well, I, I used to pronounce it Otakra until somebody uh, corrected me, so it's, apparently it's, it's Otaka. Oh, we've all been there. We've all been there. You know, Orteca, no, I think you're right. Actually, now you say it, it's like, it clicks in my head, yeah. This track is called Gantz Graf, and it's just, yeah, it was released in 2002. And, I mean, this is, this music is just futuristic, like, it's just cutting edge. <laughs> Sounds very like the outro of the last tune as well, which is kind of cool to put them together. Yeah. Just going on a trip as well, isn't it, you know? This track, it really isn't designed for easy listening. <laughs> it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. I was going to talk about your own releases, your own tracks. Uh, so you had some stuff out a couple of years back. What happened? Like, where? where's the rest of the music? I've um, recently finished a track earlier this year uh, for a compilation uh, for a Bristol-based label called Caligula. And also, I am actually working on stuff behind the scenes for, for my... I'm getting ready for a next release. It's not, it's not a quick process for me. My last release, XL65, I think, spent about three years working on that. So you could spend a year and then go, what am I doing, and just give up. I mean, if, yeah, it probably didn't take you three years in solid time, 10 hours a day for three years, but like to just keep out a project for that long, that's, that's fucking well-respected, man. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's done over the course of three years. I mean, I wasn't working on it flat out, but I really envy people that could just sit in a studio for an afternoon and just bash out a track, you know, from start to finish. Like, because I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm the kind of guy just sit there, like, playing with one sound or just a, a pattern for, like, five hours and they go, well, I'm bored of that. <laughs> and then like, starting something to do. It's only when I take a whole bunch of project files and I start sort of fusing them together and, and pitching everything the same. And then I, that's, that's when I create something that has a beginning, middle and end, you know? <laughs> Thank you. 
09 this is um this is from a 2002 album called church of the ghetto pc the the album's very much sort of uh modular idm uh the rhythms some of the rhythms are quite technical and heavy but i really wanted to finish you this track it's um it's kind of like an interlude track that's a, you know a track between tracks but this this track just gives me goosebumps every time i hear it and it's it's just so fucking beautiful <laughs> I like the naming he's gone for on the album as well. All his tracks are called Terminal Red, Terminal Pink, Terminal Orange, Yellow, Gold, Blue, Green, Silver, Grey, White, Brown. What a way of naming tracks, right? How do you name tracks? I mean, it's always a big old question. How do you name tracks? Whether you personally or just in people in general, how do you name tracks? Calling it different colours is kind of a clever idea, I think. In my head, like, Terminal was like, I don't know, different, different coloured, like, wires within a circuit like so so the, the concepts behind it i don't know that if that's what he was going for but like in my head that was what it was like these different avenues so within like a system like you go down this wire and you end up at terminal gold or if you go down this wire you end up terminal red or you know what i mean that makes a lot of sense it's a lot better than what i was thinking so yeah so, i mean don't quote me on it i don't of course, you're not speaking. No, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. I don't know if that's the concept, but that's what I got from from the track naming everything else. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a guess, right? I guess. It makes sense. Are you, what are you doing for a trade? Are you an electrician, are you? I am. I'm, I'm doing more training at the moment. artist is Michael Fakash is actually uh, featured on a re-release of his 1999 album Marion uh, 20th anniversary sort of remaster uh, which which featured uh, bonus tracks and one of the bonus tracks was this track Say which was an unreleased demo version uh, so released before but never released sort of thing it's, it's just it's just brilliant I was going to pick this track originally but I, when I was looking up tracks to do from that album I chose this track I, I just 
I just love like the the robotic rhythms and how he's able to just process sounds in it in a way that just sounds really organic and and almost acoustic. You know what I mean? And like this this part of the track is very much his style, his signature. He'll stop the rhythm, he'll stop everything, the chaos, everything, and he'll just isolate that sort of melody, that that lead sound. And then bam, he, he brings the rhythm back in. And uh, it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah, you just get lost in the chaos again. And it's just everything, the rhythms are just like, really calculated and well-placed. There's so many different sounds. Um, also like stereoscopically as well. Like just the, there'll be a sound coming from over here and something coming from over there. And it just, it creates this, this form almost like in your head. Tell me a bit about your setup. So you got your Amigas and what else have you got? You said you have some other effects kit, a mixer or anything like that. When you're playing live, what are you using? I use an effects unit called an ART SG Mark II. So it's, a, it's an effects unit from like the sort of late 80s, early 90s. It's all controlled through MIDI from the Amiga. So you can trigger sounds from the tracker. It's only done to uh, one of the outputs. You've got a stereo output. With the software that I use, you can assign channels to left and some channels to right. So I'll have some channels going to the effects unit and then others will go straight to the mixer. And that's, in a nutshell, that's more or less my setup. I do use other bits every now and then, but I, I don't really have much hardware. I've always wanted to go into synths. I don't, I've never really known where to start, to be honest. I could well imagine, yeah. There's so many out there, it's like, what, 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 where'd you start? Yeah, exactly. Um, I suppose maybe if you went with, I like that sound of that track, what synth did they use? And then work backwards from that, would that make sense? But then you might listen to a track and find they actually six different synths. <laughs> You're like, okay, which one? Hmm. I don't, I'm really scared of becoming one of those, like, you know, like all the gear, no idea people, you know, like people got, it's because you could get like, you get completely sidetracked with hardware, like if you, if you stick around with it too much and it ends up being a completely non-productive thing. Big time, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. <laughs>
I always get a bit fed up listening to some music where they've used the reverb or you know echo chamber type effects way too much, and it's just like you know one or two sounds, but just like loads of echo. It's like, what are you doing? It's just like you know a snare. It's like. Tsh. Are you talking about this tr- this track specifically? <laughs> No, 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 this has got a lot going on it. No, this has got a lot going on it. No, I'm thinking more like, you know, I don't know if you have too much jungle, but there's a lot of ambient jungle out there, you know, sort of borderline drum funk stuff. And some of that's like, so, so I think some of that relies more on the effects than the actual creativity of the person making music. Yeah, generally, um, I mean, I, I use reverb a lot in my music, but I don't, I don't put percussion sounds through reverb. Yeah, no, I mean, reverb, it's like adding salt to something, right? You know, adding salt to a meal. It adds flavor, right? I'm talking about people that just like, here's your plate of salt. <laughs> just take this <laughs> and eat it. <laughs> This track is by an artist called Cattell, who's another one of my favourites. Actually, all of these artists are my favourites, so I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole point, like, pick 15 tunes, uh, you're going to pick your favourites, right? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the title right, but it's Buxom Bercuse, but I don't know. Do you want to try? <laughs> Bercuse, let's see what Google says. Ah, it means lull- a lullaby, I didn't know that, so you learn something new every day. Well, it does sound like, it does sound very much like a lullaby, actually. So Google, if Google's got this button, if I press it, it will play it for me. So wait a second. Bessers. Bessers. There you go. Bessers. <laughs> I'll try and put that into conversation <laughs> at some point. Quite playful, quite mellow. It's got that sort of, I wouldn't say, don't want to say childish, but you know, that sort of, you can imagine this on some kids' TV show sort of thing, you know? I kind of, kind of reminds me of like a old movie, you know, sort of like uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks or Mary Poppins sort of era. Do you know what I mean? Some of the sounds that you've used. So tell me, when you put this place together, how did you avoid like Square Pusher, Aphex, or people like that? Are they not your thing at all? Or? Oh, not at all. No. I, I, no, no. I, I mean, very much the opposite. I, I just thought I'd pick a list that is different. I, I wanted to showcase some of the the other artists that I think are really important in electronic music history and um, that don't don't always get a mention in. Big time. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's absolutely cool. That's exactly what we want to do with the show and with everything, because yeah, uh, some people come in and they play a lot of Square Push. I'm like, oh, Square Push, come, <laughs> come to Daddy again. Really? Okay. Or whatever the tune is. I, I do love Come to Daddy, but I, I, I did notice it had, had been played on uh, some of the other podcasts. I so. know. <laughs> oh, what's that other one? Um, come on, my selector or whatever it is. That's, that's another very popular one by Square Push as well. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I mean, it's all about the digging, right? It's all about the digging, because this is the this thing that kills me is, you know, there's so much great music out there. People just stay in the main lane, stay in the mainstream, 
I like electronic music. Oh, you like electronic music? Okay, what do you like? Oh, I like Dead Mouse. Ooh, so I like a lot of drum and bass and EDM. <laughs> There's so much to be discovered. Um, so yeah, no, more, more, it's all about discovery for me. All about the discovery. The thing that kills me though as well, the other thing that kills me is there's just so much good music out there. There's no time to listen to it all. We have, to say we have to say something smart about Kettle. Kettle um, is... Uh... Not Kettle, Kettle, Kettle. It's got to be... I, I, don't, I don't know if I pronounce it right either, but... Uh... Kettle, no, that makes sense, it makes sense. Uh, this this is an artist called Aravain. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. Hey, pronounce this one then, Aravain. Aravain? Aravain. Maybe. I've been following, listening to his music for, for a few years now. But I mean, he's, he's been releasing stuff sort of mid to late 90s. This from uh, from the album I Call Diston, and um, it's just, it's fantastic stuff to finish. It kind of uh, works with a lot of concepts of like, ideas of like industry and engineering and the sort of beauty between it all. So there's a, uh, like the rhythms are very sort of mechanical, like like a, a well-oiled machine. It's like that soft kick that you're getting on there is sort of an industrialish big machine doing boom, boom, boom sort of work. Yeah, this track, I don't know, for, for the list, I, I guess it's quite progressive. I'm not usually into like progressive stuff, but like this, it kind of, um, it's not just progressive. It, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of stuff in between that to take in with it. And this came out in 1998, according to Discogs, and you, you guys from Germany. Born in 1965. Goodness me, how old was that then? You must be... 1965. I, you know what? I think he's the same age as my mum, <laughs> which is quite interesting. I, I, my mum would hate this sort of music as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, I was very much brought up in a household sort of rock and metal. My my mum brought me and my brother up like listening to bands like uh, Iron Maiden and Metallica. I always got this sort of vibe of like, oh, you know, like electronic music. It's, it was kind of like my own little secret, you know, like hide in my room listening to electronic music and I wouldn't want my brother or my mum today. <laughs>
parents are into heavy metal and stuff like that, I think they'd be they'd be glad that you're just finding your own way into certain things, right? Not they're not they're not into mainstream, right? Not into mainstream. So anything's underground and a bit different. Also, a lot of the people I hung out with at school, they were all into sort of metal and punk music and. So I've always taken a liking to electronic music, but I was a bit afraid to sort of share that with my friends and my family. <laughs> it sounds really silly, uh, but, but when I first started Hexadesi, like for me, that was like when I come out of my shell and I was just like, this, this, is, this is what I'm into. And then I realized like actually everyone accepted me. So going back, I mean, you said before all of this, you were into, you were playing drums, right? So what were you doing there, playing drums? Were you with a band? Were you just doing your thing on your own? What's the story? I was in a band and we were getting quite big, actually. I mean, we were getting somewhere. We, we played a few gigs in Plymouth, which wasn't far from where we lived. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Cornwall, so, but, but, but like, fairly close to the border so like um we we spent a lot of time sort of going out to like gigs and stuff in in plymouth a little claim to fame we we'd actually a few times we supported uh, bring me the horizon before they got famous like i mean to us they were quite big at the time they had quite a big following but i mean they weren't being played on radio one or anything you know <laughs>
Where are we now? We we drifted into another track. Yeah, we drifted into another track, didn't we? Um, Trent Moliere. Yeah. Is is that how you pronounce it? Oh, don't ask me, mate. Don't ask me. I'm just reading off the page. (laughs) So how are you pronouncing this then? I I mean, Trent Imola. Trent Imola. Trent Moliere. Trent Moliere. He's from Denmark. This track, Snowflake. It's from an album called The Last Resort. It's just a beautiful album. Uh, but this track's just fantastic how it just uh, changes throughout like, like the different moods. such a mellow talking tunes <laughs> I like it I, I like I love like finding new music and, and being shown stuff and hearing people talk about it like it's, it's great it's like I said you know there's a, there's a big ocean of music out there and you can only drink so much of it um, it's probably a bad metaphor but you know what I'm saying um, so to have someone talk you through what they like yeah it's like a, a shortcut to discovery I kind of like the the sort of journey narrative I kind of feel like we're we're all on like a musical journey or going our separate ways but we might sort of cross paths every now and then and be experiencing the same thing but then we might see a crossroads and go oh I'm gonna go down there and then that might lead you onto something else you might be like somewhere really beautiful and then you might end up somewhere a bit harsh so you you might walk underneath a, a motorway flyover and then find yourself in the middle of an industrial estate with bangs and noises but then if you keep going you might find a space between that with like a meadow and a, and a lake you know but there are like these paths you know what i mean it's like a network of paths and and we all we all might start off in the same similar places but we all sort of go off these different paths and end up somewhere else and you might end up like in a place with other people experiencing the same thing that that you wouldn't really associate with but then you might be like oh i might go over there (laughs) we should have had that off the top mate that sounds very poetic i love the way in this the track that it's just like the, the whole mood has just changed like and it's just like dropped into this this whole new level almost Bye. 
never listened to much dubstep. Like the old school, you know, real mellow, bassy, slow tempo, soundscapey, wobby wob 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 type stuff. Uh, I can never really get into dubstep. I mean, that's the closest thing to dubstep that I got into was uh, I listened to Burial every so often. I've actually got um, his sort of debut album, Untrue, on vinyl. Um, I think it's it's an absolute classic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the closest I've ever come to sort of dubstep, I guess. You know, Untrue is, is a league of its own, isn't it, really, if you think about it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, again, you know, where you just stick, stick your toe in the water and, you know, yeah, for dubstep you like this, for this you like that, you know. What sort of other stuff do you, would you listen to as well, like outside of this IDME glitch hop type of pool of tunes? I listen to a lot of Vaporwave while I'm working, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a real obsession with Vaporwave. I, but the, the thing is, like, I've had an obsession with Vaporwave before. I don't even think it was a thing, really. But I, I mean, when I was a teenager, I used to collect like old computers. I became obsessed with collecting old PCs from sort of mid nineties and just like floppy disks and just like I, I yeah, just I, and all all the artwork and the concepts behind it. I just love it. Like you know, this sort of like retail mood music vibe and. There's, there's this like concept albums that are based on a shopping mall shutting down and their final days of sales, you know, like these are like concepts behind the albums. And I just, I find it so hilarious, but like so, yeah, bizarrely moving at the same time. I've been very careful not to fill my list with Vaporwave. <laughs> I can always go for it, like, a, you know. I live to be ed- I live to be educated, so you know I'm always interested to hear different things. Yeah, but once you start listening to an artist that goes by the name of US Gold '95, then you know you've gone a bit too far. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're into Rumpistol. Rum Pistol, um, there's a lot to talk about in this album and I'll do my best to sum it up in a nutshell, but it's from an album called Mere Rum. The style of the album is, is quite like, it's, it's electronica but crossover with like sort of sea shanty and folk. A lot of these sounds are really nostalgic for me because I grew up like half an hour walk from the seaside, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say at the minute. It's a bit more of tempo, cool. A um, lot more, lot more going on. It's still not too aggressive. But again, there's there's a lot going on in the rhythms. It's really intricate and it's really clever how it's been pieced together. It's music like this that is a reminder that music doesn't have to be fast and heavy to be interesting with like the rhythms and everything. This is a prime example. There's so much going on with the rhythms and that. that I'm mostly drawn to music. There's a bit more to listen to. There's a bit more to see in the music and the structure of it. I've never heard 
anything like this and never heard anything like it since its release. Like, I've never heard anyone create music like this. so inspired by like the seaside and it, everything about it's nautical like like the whooshing sound some of the samples that are kind of like processed in a way that sound like they're underwater almost everything about it is nautical like right down to the, the swing rhythms and makes you feel like you're on a boat like, <laughs> i don't know it's, it's bizarre but rumpus still makes it work to a final track. Yeah, man. It flies by. We're calling this one. I'd call this Command 94, right? CMD, Command 94. Is this uh, another Amiga reference or something else? No. Uh, well, I think it's pronounced CMD094, but yeah, obviously CMD is, is an abbreviation for Command. The track's called C1. It's from his, one of his latest albums, Kagami Tears. It's just, it's just a fantastic piece of music. 
this type of music and uh, the label that is released on a label called Pure Life. Uh, they're based in um, Manchester, I believe. You might want to fact check that. I don't know. <laughs> Pure Life Records. Oh yes, Manchester, UK. Yeah. Pure Life. They kind of created this subgenre called dream punk. So this is what this this type of music is: dream punk. The, the whole sort of scene kind of stemmed from Vaporwave. It's kind of like working with a lot of lo-fi sounds. A lot of the sounds that CMD uses are like, kind of sounds like um, sounds taken from like an old VHS cassette and like sort of processed from there. But he just, he just creates some really amazing soundscapes and he's like an incredibly talented artist. And a lot of the stuff coming from the label, which I've been following for the last couple of years, a, a lot of really sort of refreshing material and, and a lot of people working with different concepts and ideas. And it's really refreshing to see. Yeah, the artist is originally from Donetsk in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, he, he is actually. I, I, I don't know why I didn't mention that. Completely forgot that, but yeah. But he's still releasing stuff, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't know where he's based at the moment. to the end of the show where uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share all that lovely sort of idm glitch hoppy type of stuff with us uh, hexadesi thank you very much for having me I've, I've, I've really enjoyed sharing it with you so i hope other artists come away with with some newfound inspiration what i got to the table uh, because we can get inspiration from anything really and and i know a lot of a lot of the stuff that i played it doesn't reflect at all the, the music that I create, but I'm glad I've got to share with you what does inspire me and, and been able to pick apart stuff, parts of it that sort of help build my sound and style. Well, excellent. Thanks, you, man. And uh, see you soon. Cheers. Cool. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, man. Bye now. Bye. Right. Yeah, bye.